We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. This is Kelsey Jones, executive editor of Search Engine Journal, and I'm here with Danielle Intos. She's our copy editor and webinar manager here at SCJ. And today we are going to do another episode of Freelancers Forum. So Danielle, thank you for joining me. Hi, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. So which Freelancers Forum is this? Four? Four or five? Four or five, something like that. Yeah, we're really... we're. They, we've gotten good feedback, so I'm glad you guys listening like Freelancers Forum. Um, we just mainly talk about freelance topics relating to marketing or writing or blogging, stuff that SCJ covers. So, that being said, today we're going to talk about whether or not you should choose a specialty when it comes to freelancing. So, you know, should you only focus on writing white papers, so you're a white paper writer, or should you try to do as much as possible to get the most amount of clients? And so we're just going to talk about pros and cons. So Danielle, you know, do you have a specialty or are you kind of broad or how do you work? Um, I definitely didn't choose a specialty. I know that some people do. And if you go into the field, only write copy for chiropractor websites in Kansas that'd be maybe not a good idea to be niche. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I would argue even against being a chiropractor niche, like, and maybe just do medical. Um, Is the broader you are, it's just the more, it's the more clients you can bring in, and it doesn't mean that you can't develop the skills. If you are a good generalist, you have the basic skill set to work with any industry. Now I can't do legal. There's a lot of different things mm-hmm. that go into legal and you need yeah. someone with a legal background to do that. Some of the medical stuff does get to that realm as well. So areas like that, you do have to be niche, but I can write about real estate. I can write about, you know, basic medical stuff. I usually do more like homeopathic things. Um, I've written more about foreclosures than I care to recall <laughs> just, and, and, and it's funny me and Matt, the, our news writer, will occasionally email back and forth and be like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever written? And the weirdest one that I've ever written, and you can't, you can't be niche for this, was called Fire in the Hole. It was an anal itching <laughs> cream. Yes. That's and amazing. You just, you <laughs> can't be niche for that. You can't decide, okay, all I'm ever going to do is anal itchy cream like that's not a thing I mean it could be if someone specializes in that I really want to read your stuff but so I don't know there's a balance I also am just more of a generalist that's Mm -hmm. just what I do so maybe that's just my perspective so as you're talking I kind of thought of of an interesting point so there's really two ways to specialize one you could specialize your service or you could specialize your industry or both So, you know, there's probably some people that are copywriters, but they write for several different industries. And then there's some people that are marketers and do a lot of, you know, different services like SEO, social media, copywriting, but it's for one industry, like, you know, chiropractic or whatever. So that's a really good point. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So 
I would say it probably makes sense to be either or. I know there's probably some people out there that are both, but I think if you, you know, want to be more specialized, I would choose either you specialize in your service or you specialize in your industry if you want to narrow it down more. Yeah, that totally makes sense because when you mention it that way, I'm definitely not... My services are relatively specialized. I'm mostly a writer and editor. I do some social. So that's my focus. Mm-hmm. But I do it across all industries versus someone who knows everything there is to know about chiropractors and can write the copy, can run the social media, can maybe even do the SEO services. So that that's a really good point I didn't think about. And I would say that I'm more of a renaissance woman. Like I'm like <laughs> a jack of all trades, but only because I had to be. And I think we've we talked about this in a previous episode of Freelancers Forum. Like I hustled so hard to get my business off the ground because I had to because I was let go during the 2008 recession. And so I would just learn different areas of marketing because that's what my current and potential clients wanted. They needed, you know, a renaissance person to do several different areas in one person instead of hiring out, you know, an SEO person, a social media person and a copyright person and someone who can build their website on WordPress or HTML or whatever. So I know all of those things, but I think one thing that's kind of changed for me as I get more established in my career and get more years of experience, I want that specialty. You know, like right now, if I had to choose, I would rather choose writing and editing and then consulting on big idea projects. So, you know, if a company's like, we want to create a content strategy from scratch, can you help us do that? That's the kind of stuff I'd rather do than, you know, I don't know, SEO link building or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've done some of the same things that you have as far as like uh, working with the smaller businesses and just helping them do everything. The kind of crappy part about that is you have to go in and go, look, I'm not an SEO specialist. I know if you want to rank locally, you need to get listed on, you know, Yahoo places, Google Play, whatever, you know, to know the basics. But at the same, I don't know, I always end up feeling like if someone comes in who's actually an SEO person, they're going to look and be like, what the heck have you been doing? And the thing is, is I've been working within my client's budget. You don't have a thousand dollars to spend on SEO a month. You want to have some, and this is again, working with smaller businesses, uh, mom and pop type thing that have a limited budget. They know they need a website. I can build you a, a decent website. It's not going to rank number one on Google for, you know, pizza places in Florida or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. There's a balance, but it does end up making me feel, I guess, a little insecure because I know I'm not doing the very best, but they can't afford the very best. So even though it ends up making me feel kind of weird, it's, it's a balance. And I let my clients know, Hey, you can hire an SEO person. You can spend thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and you can rank much better than I'm going to get you to rank. But if you just want a website and you just, you know, you want the bare minimum that I can do. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point that you bring up about small businesses. I think the trend for a single-owned person business, which I work a lot with, or just a small business with just a couple employees, they want to hire just one person and be done to do all their marketing. But as the company grows and as they get more exposure, then you definitely it makes more sense to have people specialized. So as the strategy grows and the need for a bigger presence grows, then I would say it'd make more sense to 
hire someone who's more specialized. Yeah, and I think the biggest part of that is just be honest with your clients. Because at a certain point, because if you, if you keep going that way, right? So if you start working with a small business and you're just like, look, I'm, you're not really half-assing it, but you're giving them the bare minimum based mm-hmm. on your skill set and based on their budget, which, yeah. you know, might be a couple hundred bucks a month or it might be, you know, a thousand or two. To be honest, hey, you can spend more and do better. You can. And when they get there, I don't really know how you smooth that transition between, all right, you've gotten, <laughs> you've. You're, you've surpassed my skill set. Like we need to get mm-hmm. someone else in. And I guess if you stayed on and kind of pulled, okay, you really want to focus on SEO. This is outside of my skill set. Let's pull in an SEO person. And then you worked kind of alongside of them and focused on other areas. I guess that would work. I don't know. It just sounds like you're putting yourself out of a job. So I think you would have to be careful with that. Yeah, that's true. I mean, one policy that I've always stuck with with clients, no matter what I'm doing with them, and this might go a little off topic, so I don't want us to veer off, but um, if I think that I can't do what they want, or on the other hand, if a specialized person is trying to promise things that I know aren't possible without being shady, then I'm honest with them. You know, I say, hey, you know, what you're looking for with this other company and trying to get me to do the same, I just am not comfortable doing that, or I can't do it for that price. And, you know, I might have to move on. I think specialization, a component of that is also knowing what you want and what you're willing to do. And if 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 that isn't a part of your service offering or, you know, goals when it comes to building up a freelance business, then it should be. Yeah, I agree. I I think being honest I kind of look at it the same way that with, you know, you use content marketing to build trust with like your your readers. And I do the same thing with clients. Like I'll do consultations. I'll sit down with them and I'm more than happy to give them a couple of pointers. Like I've worked Mm -hmm. with like local gyms and stuff like that. Hey, if you really want to build your Facebook, oh, you don't know how to do this one thing. I'll show you how to do it. Here's how you create an ad. I'm not going to spend five hours explaining Mm -hmm. the ins and out of every detail, but if I can give them a little bit of information that they can just run their business better, fine. I mean, my goal is not to talk them out of hiring me, of course, but giving them information so that they trust me. So when that weird person from freaking Russia or whatever is like, Hey, I can do this job for 20 bucks a month. They trust me and they know to come to me and be like, Hey, what is this? No, you don't want that. You know, you want someone, if not local, at least someone you can trust, whatever they're going to do for $20 a month is going to be shady. And they already trust me because I've, I've given them pre-information. I've given them things to just help their business. My goal is to help their business grow, and that's a good yeah. feeling, and that's why I like working with small businesses, so building that trust is really important. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's part of it. I mean, part of specializing, too, is that people are coming to you because you're, you know, you specialize in the industry or in the service or whatever, so it's important to be at top of your game. So that kind of brings me to another question I just thought of. I mean, if you know, like you said, you specialize in, you know, copy editing and writing and then some social media. What are you doing on a regular basis to kind of be at the top of your game when it comes to specializing in those specific services? Um, well, I mean, it just depends. I like going to the conferences. That's a lot of fun for me. I mean, the conferences, just reading is the biggest thing for specifically what I'm doing because I am editing and I am writing, um, just reading, obviously search engine journal. I read those all day when I edit them, but 
Um, I like copy blogger, um, content marketing Institute sites like that that have really good information and just even following. So it's, it's reading to get the information, but it's also reading to get the style. And I learn a lot just from working with clients. Like one client I'm working with right now has a really punchy style that I totally dig. So he's kind of helped work. I don't know. It's kind of changed the way that I write for some other things too, because it's such a punchy style and I really like the way that it comes across. So a lot of it's just kind of learning as you go, working with different clients and learning new things and finding what works. And that's what I like about working with so many different clients is that you get to try things that you might not normally think about. So you're trying them for clients. You're like, wow, that really works. You know, and then that's learning and you take that on to the next client, the next and the next. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, utilizing your clients as a way to keep honing your craft. Yeah, it's it's never boring. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I obviously go to a ton of conferences too. And the SCJ Book Club has really helped me um, find new marketing books that I probably wouldn't have heard of or read before. Um, so our book club is once a month in Uh, We have a different person do a different book every month on the site. And um, I do, I like audiobooks for nonfiction. So whatever that that month is, if it's something that applies to me or is interesting, I'll try to download the audiobook or check it out from the library. So I try to read, or I guess read, quote unquote, but really listen to one audiobook uh, every month, one or two. That's a good idea. I See, that's my problem is I, I love to read. I'm an avid reader, but... I mostly read fiction and I just, I pick up these nonfiction books and I want to read them, right? Like mm-hmm. that's why you buy them. You buy them for that little, like kind of a kick of a high you get. I'm going to read this book and I'm exactly. going to change the way I do things. <laughs> I love that feeling. It always uh-huh. fades. <laughs> but actually, yeah, it, it's like when you start a new school year and you're like, you buy like the new Trapper Keeper and the new notebooks. You're like, I'm going to keep mm-hmm. this so clean and organized. That's how I feel. But I like the idea of the audiobook because I, I start reading them and then I, start reading some historical fiction novel and I'm gone. I'm not reading. Yeah. That's why I like the audio book because, um, even, you know, obviously I work from home. So even though I'm not doing a commute, it really adds up because I'll go to the gym, you know, five days a week or I'll run errands or go grocery shopping. It just adds up to one or two audio books a month. So that's been a good way that I've stayed current with you know, the specializations that I have in building my business as a business owner. It's really smart. Where do you get, just curious for my own needs, where do you get the audiobooks from generally? The, well, the library, my library is really good. I live in Johnson County in Kansas City, and they usually have a ton of the ones that I'm looking for. Um, I have been looking, sometimes Amazon will have them cheap to buy, but they always try to push their service Audible. And I think yeah. it's like 15 bucks a month, but you only get one audiobook a month. That's which, dumb. Right? It should be unlimited. And I just actually found out about this service called Scribd, which I don't know. If, maybe it's Scribd. I don't know. But it's Scribd with no E. So S-C-R-I-B-D dot com. And I think it's 10 or 15 a month, but it sounds like you get more audiobooks and regular books um, per month. I'm just getting tired of all of these, the registration ones. Like, I know Oyster is one that I've looked mm-hmm, at, and then there's mm-hmm. the Kindle Unlimited, and I don't know, those things just add up. Like, I had Birchbox. I like all the, I don't know, they just add up. I, I'm starting to push back, and I, I'd be interested to see if other people in the industry do it, too. It's just 
10 bucks here and 10 bucks there, not a big deal, right? But you can have easily seven or eight or nine, and that's a lot of money. Yep. I know. It adds up fast. I'll check out the library. I know know our library has them on tape, but I know that's not going to do me any good. Aw. So do you just get them on CD and do you rip them or? No, I listen in my car. My car is a CD player. So, yeah, I'm not. I could rip them, but you know that's illegal, Danielle. So I no. yeah, I have no idea how to do that. I was yeah. just wondering if that was like a thing that Trying people did. Catch, yeah, no, <laughs> nobody does that. That's illegal. Um, <laughs> so okay, so we're kind of coming up on our usual time. Okay. So I wanted to kind of you know for people that are trying to decide if they should specialize with specific services or specialize within a specific industry. What are some things that you did to kind of that made you realize, okay, I just want to specialize in copywriting and copy editing and social media? Well, I think you're definitely right with choosing either the service or the industry. That was a really big Boom. difference that I never thought about. <laughs> Look at us go. Um, but I think it's really just following your interests. And I don't know. I don't think that you can choose it based on money. I mean, some to some extent you can. Social media is a thing that I had experience doing. I'd worked in-house for a company doing social media, so I had the experience, so it made sense to include that in an offering. And it's also a way for me to continue with my clients. So I write their website. That's fantastic, right? They have copy on their website. That's one and done. But if you're doing social media, that's usually a monthly thing that you're – a monthly fee and a monthly service. So in that sense, it was helping me keep those clients in my pocket, essentially. So I think it's a combination of the experience that you have and just what makes sense. If you start writing real estate copy and you really like it and you're interested and you're finding yourself reading other stuff and thinking of ways that you can do it better, then that's an area that you should try to stick in. It's something you're going to be good about, good at because you feel passionate. So a combination of things that you just like doing, honestly, and experience, I think. Yeah, and that's a really good point about um, – choosing a service that's reoccurring monthly versus one and done. That That's a smart way to um, build up, you know, reoccurring monthly revenue so you have a little bit more stability. Yeah, definitely. Having those monthly retaining fees or retainer fees is ideal when you're freelancing because you know where your money's coming from every month as opposed to scrambling constantly. Yeah. I would say my advice is if you aren't have no idea – what services you want to specialize in, try them both, try them all if you have the opportunity to. I mean, if you have a client that wants you to do all their marketing, try it and see if there's any parts that you procrastinate with and then any parts that you get done really quickly. So for me, I I know how to do PPC campaigns, but anytime I've had to do them for a client, I've found myself just like putting it off for the last minute like kind of dragging my feet. So I realized, okay, well, PPC is interesting, but it's not really, you know, what I'm passionate about. And so I think it comes down to, like you said, what you're passionate about and following your heart, basically. Oh, I think the um, <laughs> what you're saying about the procrastination is a really important point that a lot of people don't think about. So when you're working for a regular job, right, you just, you do your job. They assign you tasks yep. and you do them. When you're working for yourself, you have the opportunity to procrastinate way more. And mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. When I find things that I'm putting off, there's a reason I'm putting them off. 
either I'm putting off a client because I feel like we're not communicating and I'm not feeling confident or I really just don't like doing it. And if I don't like doing it, I'm not going to be good at it. And I think that's something you should pay attention to when you're freelancing. Yep, exactly. I think that is a good um, note to end our discussion of freelancers forum number five. So Danielle, again, Antos from SCJ, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.